Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Most people really don't have a good biblical understanding, a picture of what God is really like. Some think he's a cosmic killjoy, that when you have God, there's no joy or fun in life. Some think just the opposite, he's a heavenly Santa Claus. You ask, he automatically gives our wishes. Others believe, many, that he's an angry cop, just waiting to squash us when we do wrong. In times of trouble, people will look to anyone for an answer, even if it's the wrong answer. We'll be listening to a message recorded just four days after the terrible tragedy of 9-11. As with any devastation, it's hard to imagine things getting worse, but yet life done the wrong way keeps happening over and over and over again. As a Christian, how you respond in crisis determines what you really believe about God. The more we get to really know Him, this helps us confidently manage our own personal trials. It allows us to appropriately help others through theirs. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 5, with part one of our message entitled, Really Getting to Know Our God. Let's turn in our Bibles, book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 2. We've heard some of the most common phrases that go like this. Oh God, oh my God, God help us. God bless America. Who is this God that these individuals are crying out to? Do they really know God? Can anyone really know God? You might have heard the word before. It's called theology. It's not going to be boring. It just simply means this, the study of God. And I'm giving you ahead of time what I often do in my teachings that you don't see. I'm giving you my goals as the Holy Spirit's helped me teach. Here's what I hope you leave with. Three things. This helps me always to keep focused, at least somewhat. What do I want you to know when you leave tonight? Who God is and His character. What do I want you to do when you leave tonight? First of all, some of you don't know God. Second, those of us that do, I want you to understand how we're to increase our knowledge of Him and what that really means. And third, there needs to be feeling in our relationship with God. And I want you to leave tonight having full personal confidence in God alone. And man, do we need that now. 
Proverbs 2.5. Solomon says this, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The word to know in the Greek simply means this, to know fully. It's a blend. It's a blend of the intellect, the emotion, and the will. It simply means this, to have an intimate and personal relationship. In other words, when we know God, it's to be intimate, personal, it's to be continuous and dynamic. There's some spirit in that knowledge of God. I want to give you five keys tonight about knowing God. Even if you've been a Christian, like I've been a Christian over 50 years, there's still much more to learn about experiencing God. And I believe during this time, whatever number of years this is going to take, for sure, this will get us back to understanding who God really is. First key tonight, number one, God wants mankind to know him. Listen to John Stott. Before man existed, God acted. Before man stirred himself to see God, God has sought man. In the Bible, we don't see man groping after God. We see God reaching after man. The Bible reveals a God who long before it occurs to man to turn to him, while man is still lost in darkness and sunk in sin, God takes the initiative, rises from his throne, lays aside his glory, and stoops to seek until he finds him. There isn't a person here tonight or in our world that differs from this next statement you're going to see. We were all created to know God. That definition I gave you before, that intimate, intellectual, emotional, and will part. We were created to know Him. We've just finished worshiping Him. To obey Him, and for sure during times like this, to enjoy God. So number one, God wants us to know Him. Number two, God has given us four ways to know Him. God really, the knowledge of God, the complete understanding of God, is beyond us. And yet God has given us an ability through the Spirit in our minds, in our wills, in our emotions, to, to know Him in a limited way. Because He's God, He isn't knowable in every way. That's because we're man. But He's revealed Himself in these four ways, and I'm only going to go through two of them tonight, I don't have time to go through all the four. Number one, through creation, that's in Romans 1. Through our conscience, you can find that in that same chapter. Tonight we're going to study the third and fourth way, through the Word of God and through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can find that one also in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. Now, what does the Bible, that's the first one we want to look at tonight, what does the Bible tell us about the real character of God? In other words, if we went down the street and, and you'll be in your office this Monday and you know, who knows what's going to be taking place or at school or whatever, if you could say to somebody, God, and underneath God, have them define for you what God means to them. What kind of a person is he? 
It'd be very interesting to see what they list. I think it'd be very interesting for some Christians to list what they think God is. Now, most people really don't have a good biblical understanding, a picture of what God is really like. Some think he's a cosmic killjoy. That when you have God, there's no joy or fun in life. Some think just the opposite. He's a heavenly Santa Claus. You ask, he automatically gives our wishes. Others believe, many, that he's an angry cop just waiting to squash us when we do wrong. Others don't think any of that, but they think he's aloof in heaven. I mean, why would the creator of the universe want to get involved with my life? So they have a difficult time understanding that. So we have to go to the Bible, because the Bible is the instruction book on what God is like and how we're to know him. Turn with me to Psalms 94, if you will. Here we get a little picture in, in just two little verses, in verses 9 and 10, some really interesting things about God. Then we're going to go right back to Proverbs. Psalm 94, verse 9. Does he who implanted the ear, not hear, does he who formed the eye, not see, does he who disciplines nations, not punish, does he who teaches man, lack knowledge? So what do we see from that? We see four things. God knows, he hears, he feels, and he speaks. Now turn back with me to Proverbs, and since we've been going through Proverbs, that's kind of where I just left off, and I will adapt as the Holy Spirit has guided me tonight to where we are. I think there needs to be as much normalcy in our life as, as possible, but obviously we'll allow the Holy Spirit to guide us as we go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. Let me give you three little characteristics of God tonight. Then I'll give you a couple more. Number one, God is all-knowing. All-knowing. He knows everything. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. He's all-knowing in nature. Look at Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. God knew how to orchestrate this world. Remember we told you one way you can know God is when you look into the heavens. God has placed within us an understanding that he's the creator of the universe. Well, he's all-knowing and he knew how to put it together. He's all-knowing in your life tonight. Look at Proverbs 5.21. Proverbs 5.21. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. I want to share with you just quickly about God being all-knowing. These times that we're living in, and, and I'm going to go through this very rapidly, this is not a surprise to God. Bible is filled with prophecy, predicting the future. God knows what's happening, and in the Bible we've learned as we went through Daniel, we went through the book of Revelation, God predicted that Israel would eventually be back in their land, never to lose the land again. That happened in 1948. God then predicted they would get the city of Jerusalem back, that happened in 1967. 
God predicted, you remember, as we went through the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel, that in the end times, before the rapture, that there would be a revived Roman Empire. We're seeing that right now with the euro dollar and all the other things, those nations coming together. Now the interesting thing, and this is somewhat debatable, but in Bible prophecy we do not seem to see America. So it could be as we're nearing times, and I'm not a prophet saying it's going to happen next week, could be 50 years, 100 years from now, I don't know. But I'm saying this, it could well be this is the start of the shift of the greatest nation in the world to Europe. We may never again be who we were. I don't know. May not happen now, but eventually it will. Now with all of that, eventually will come the rapture. And there's some interesting verses we don't have time to go into tonight, but God knows. So we want to be ready. You see, the, the Bible says there's a time coming where the rapture when all Christians are going to be out of here. We're going to miss what you're going to see is God's wrath. Now what you're seeing now is not God's wrath. He's allowed the enemy to do this. But what you see during the tribulation period is God's wrath, and you do not want to be here. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. No reason to panic. There's no reason to panic forever for a Christian. We just have to be alert and ready. All I'm trying to say to you is, when these kind of things come, one of the prophecies, in the, and there's a lot of debate on this, one of the prophecies in the book of Matthew says that when you see this happening in your generation, that's the end. Well, we're seeing all of this in our generation. Be ready. So God is all-knowing. Next, look at Proverbs 21.30. God is not always only all-knowing. He is all-powerful. I like this. God can do whatever he wants. Wouldn't you like that? It doesn't work. No one can conquer or defeat God. Look at Proverbs 21.30. There is no wisdom... No insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. This means, because God is powerful, He's on the throne, He controls everything tonight. But God is in control of this world. Satan is, yes, still the one that's in control in the, in the physical world we're at, but God is over Him. We know tonight that eventually we win. That's why we have hope even as we go through this tonight. So God is powerful. Now, God is powerful, but he stops it at a point. And the point is your free will. God will not force anybody, listen, God will not force anybody to know him. He'll make it very easy. He'll make it open. He'll give you all the opportunities, but he will never force you to know him. Now, there's only one time when that will change. That's after death. Because then the Bible says this, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. He could do it now, but he won't. That's what he gives us willingly. I want you to see this verse in the overhead, Proverbs 21, 1. It's in the New Living Translation. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He turns it wherever he pleases. You ever been in a mountain, and you see that little old stream coming down the mountain, it's got every little crazy way it comes, and you come all the way down here? Well, this is, what, this is what this verse means. God's up there, and he's just orchestrating everything exactly like he wants. Listen to this statement from a commentator, great one. 
A man may be a pharaoh in Egypt, a king of Babylon, a Caesar, a Roman, Alexander the Great, a Napoleon, a Joel Stalin, an Adolf Hitler, or any great ruler of the future. I added in that sentence, Bin Laden. Regardless of how powerful a man is, or may become politically, it can be stated as an axiom that no man can act in independence of God. Many of these rulers thought they could, and men today may still think they can. But the truth is that no man is free from God, no king, no ruler, nor any individual can act independently of God. So when we see all of this, we don't know who's behind all this, but whatever God does, by the way. As you see this, look at the statement. Every person, including all rulers or assassins, is under God's ultimate control. They can only go so far, and God will say that's enough. Now again, God didn't cause all this. This is caused by man's sin and the evilness in our heart. Not only is God all-knowing and all-powerful, but here's a great one. He's everywhere at the same time. Wherever you are, God is there. Is that good or what? Wherever you are, God is there. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 3. As you're thinking about these, you know, we know these, we know them by other words, but I want to give you simple words tonight. Don't blow this off. Think about that. All-knowing. He knows it all. Now, in this verse, Proverbs 15.3, it says this. The eyes of the Lord are where? They're everywhere. Keeping watch, here's the balance. Keeping watch on the wicked and the good. God's eyes are everywhere at the same time. And do you know that God is here tonight? In every place is God. You cannot run from God, but also I want to know that I can't ever even walk away from God. God will be there. And I believe over these next few weeks, many people who once knew God will be coming back because God's been dealing with their heart. So when you look at this, it's exciting to me that God can bring peace and comfort into our lives. Let's continue to pray as we've been doing. Turn to Proverbs 21.12. God is not only all of those things, but He's holy, He's just, and He's righteous. God will always do the right thing. He loves those things that are good, and he hates those things that are evil. Look at Proverbs 21.12. The righteous one, God, takes note of the house of the wicked and brings the wicked to ruin. We don't know when that will happen. But when God says it's done, it'll be done. And the house will come down. Until then, we have peace. Because God is holy. He's just. And he's righteous. God is righteous because eventually, because of his holiness, he will absolutely have to judge evil. Now, we don't like that. We don't like to speak about the justice of God. We like to speak about the grace of God and the goodness of God. And I do too. But because he is holy, he cannot stand sin. So he must judge sin. But he's not like our court system where you bring somebody in and 14 years later they finally come to whatever. God is pure and just, and he knows immediately the action to take. Now, 
Sin has consequences. We know that privately, and we know that nationally. Some of what we are experiencing in our country, in America, is a result of our own sinfulness. God says judgment must always begin in the church with us. So the first thing we have to look at tonight before I even mention some of these other things is our own self. You know, this is this has challenged us as Christians. There's more Christians praying in this country in the last five days than probably months and months and months and months, including myself and you. More of us a little more serious now about the things of life. Well, we need to improve, get our priorities in straight. And in our country, as a whole, basically probably much of our cause ourself, we have pushed God away from our lives. We have left the principles of his word. You know, in the last few years, we've taken prayer out of the school. We've taken the word out of the school. We couldn't even, except going to the Supreme Court, put the Ten Commandments up. We continue to murder our children while they're still in the womb. We blaspheme God's holy name without a second thought. We have filled our homes with violence, nudity, homosexuality, vile language. Sin has consequences. When you see the nation of Israel, God often allowed them to go through very difficult times because they were supposed to be the standard, but they became just like the world. I wonder if we have become like the world. Much of the religious world tonight claims to know God, yet as the Bible says, their hearts are far from him. I was reading an interesting report. It said it was reported that after the first tower was struck by a plane, the plane, there was a public announcement that assured those in the second tower, this building is not in imminent danger. Stay where you are. God help us tonight as Christians not to stay where we are. We need God's help. You know, many of us have lived thinking we didn't need God's help. We've discovered we do. This country is in a time when the church should lead the way. I don't think we need to be finger pointing. We just need to be looking at our own lives. You see, when it's very dark, we can be very light. And lightness always destroys darkness. So it's a time for you. It's a time for me during this time to reevaluate our lives. God help us that we might be holy, just, and righteous ourselves. Today, Pastor Mark shared some goals Christians should adopt that'll help guide and define you when faced with difficult circumstances. In case you've forgotten, here they are again. First, you need to know who God is and His character. You must understand and increase your knowledge of Him and what that really means. Finally, there needs to be feeling in your relationship with God. You need a full, personal confidence in Him alone. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll get a crash course in Theology 101. Don't worry, it's not a boring lecture. It's an inspirational lesson. We're all created to know God, to worship, obey, and enjoy Him. It's not something He expects us to figure out on our own. So He's given us four resources to utilize that'll help us do life right. Be sure and tune in to find out what they are and hear more on this core subject from your favorite professor, Pastor Mark. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for